So, hey, this is week four of our annual series, Gather, Grow, Go. We've had a different articulation or angle on it this week as we've been teaching through the St. Patrick's Prayer, the, what's called the Breastplate Prayer. And so today, our title is called Christ Within Me, I Am Called. Christ Within Me, I Am Called, or an alt title, let's go. Let's go. Like, that's a value at Bethany we talk about. Go, it means being, you know, living life on purpose and mission. And so based on this St. Patrick kind of final emphasis, Christ is within me, I am called. Today, we're going to be talking about our calling on this angle of going. And it's really about um, us experiencing the risen power of God, us experiencing God, us feeling like Paul said in the scripture I just read for you, that we're, we're strenuously contending, that our life has purpose and meaning. And as we step into the world with purpose, as we go, we experience more of God's fullness. We are called, church, to bless and serve the world, to be fruitful, to multiply, to grow, to be sent on an amazing journey. God sends us. But before we go, please know we must experience God. We must hunger for more of his presence. We must press against the spirit of of just kind of disunity and, and, and disorientation and just so much of the brokenness around us. Because unless we experience God, we run the risk of going out of our own effort, going out of somebody else's effort, going out of guilt. No, no. We experience Christ and then we step into the world on mission. And as we go, we begin to see ourselves as the blessed ones. We embrace the joy and challenges of being a Christian. Because being a Christian should not be easy. It should require us to die to ourselves and follow the risen one. And so when we go, as we step out, we remember and we reflect, we live this life of purpose and meaning. So today, as I finish this series, we're going to use a very simple outline based on the prayer of Patrick. Christ is within me. I am called. Let's go. So you can say it with me out loud at home if you're driving a car. Christ is within me. I am called, let's go. Let's start here very simply. Christ is within me. Christ is within you. Like Christ is within you. Or, or another way to say it, I want you to receive the presence of Christ before you go. Jesus said in John 14, if anyone loves me, he'll keep my word. My father will love him. We will come to him. We will make our home with him. We will make our home with her. What a beautiful, what a beautiful promise Jesus is saying. Like all you have to do is remember that you're loved and God is doing this work, this active word of building a home in you. Like if you can just, you know, kind of conjure up that metaphor, that, that picture imagery in your mind of like Jesus, like building something within you, like nailing boards and drywall and hanging beautiful light fixtures and, you know, kind of like this, doing this beautiful restoration from the inside out. Jesus so loves you. He's building a home in you. Like this is the core work before we get, hey, I got a mission opportunity. I need 17 volunteers on Sunday afternoon. No, we need to start with this core premise. Like we have to experience this, that Christ is within you. Christ is within you. And the promise of God is that God responds to our agency. God responds to our hunger. God, God will come and make a home in you. James 4, anchor verse me, draw near to God. He will draw near to you. I really appreciate just the simplicity of what James is saying there. That God will never, never ignore our desire for more of his presence. 
And though it will at times often feel mysterious to us, and we may hunger for Jesus to do a specific work at a specific time, like, boy, we'll spend our entire lives trying to kind of unpack what this exactly means. We have to be people anchored in the promise, Christ is within me. And because Christ is within me, I go into each day on a mission. I go into each day trying to be a blessing, trying to, to, to press against the anxious state of our world to be a person of peace. And I'll forget. And then I remember Christ is within me. And then I'll blow it and I'll remember Christ is within me. And tomorrow I may wake up and not remember it. So Christ is within me. Christ is within you, friends. You're, you're called. That means that you're stepping out into this world is like you are a you're a missionary into the life that God has sent you. I'm a huge fan of what our church is doing with our world partners. I, I regret that I don't talk often enough about our missionaries across the world. Like when we talk about mission, there are certainly people that their entire salary, their their specific calling is to being in a, a another place, a cross-cultural context where they have built relationships to see the gospel flourish, the teaching of language or serving of food or building of systems. We had you know, a visit from missionaries from Africa this summer. It was great to have them at church this summer talking about their work. Like there are, you know, missionaries. But if we divorce mission from the people of God, the church, we have lost a primary calling. But before we go, we must be reminded Christ is within us. First John 5, whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. So we have this promise that if we have the son, we have his life. We have his presence. We have a spirit who he's left to dwell within us. And research says that over half our city does not follow or believe in Jesus. And so by nature of your Christian faith, your, your life matters here in this city more than ever before. We're in this, this epidemic of hope and people think the church has lost its witness and you are called church to bring good news to your family, to your children, to your, to your housemates, to your coworkers more than ever. But doing good, practicing our beliefs, living this life of going is not about earning. It's not about earning. It's about receiving. And so when we practice service, we're participating in writing a story of hope that Jesus is writing in the world. But unless we receive his presence, we're going to run out of the very energy and fuel we need to sustain us in our work. Colossians 1, which I read in the front, listen to the message paraphrase. I think it's very helpful. Eugene Peterson translates Colossians 1, the mystery has been kept in the dark for a long time, but now it's out in the open. God wanted everyone to know the rich and glorious secret inside and out, regardless of their background, regardless of their religious standing. The mystery in a nutshell is this, Christ is in you. So therefore you can look forward to sharing in God's glory. It's that simple. That's the substance of our message. We preach Christ. Sometimes we talk about other things in the church, but moments like this, it's really good to get back to our essence. We preach Christ. And it's a miracle and a mystery. And it's a truth that if you love God, you'll be full of Christ. It's a promise. So receive it, church. Christ is within you. 
know, I came to faith and Jesus, honestly, a huge hop, an obstacle for me was the church. It was the church because, uh, and it's not the particular church I was raised in. There was amazing people there. It was something else. It was like the institution of the Christian religion where I really wrestled with years because I'd been taught to believe that in church, if I behaved in a certain way, then I might know the indwelling power of God. And I just rejected it. I stepped way back. It's like so many people in our culture are doing right now. I, I, I had the lie that maybe if I behave, that God would love me. And it wasn't true. It wasn't, it's, wasn't true about me. And it's not true about you. And in this way, I get to be the reminder to you this morning, church. God is madly in love with you. God is madly in love with you. God longs to build a home in you. Christ is within you. And I get it. You won't feel it often, but you need to be reminded. You need to be reminded that the mission of the church has mattered now more than ever before to be reminding his people, the people of God, that the spirit of God is within you. And as your pastor, I long to see Christ grow in you and to be like really like living life on mission and seeing your kids encounter God and seeing stories of transformation of like new people. And all of that is great. First, we must receive. We must receive. Christ is within you. Second, what I want to say, you are called. Christ is within me. You are called. Let's go. Part two, you're called. Matthew 22 says, Jesus responded, love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Like there is a calling, a core calling. Like if we're going to talk about mission and go and being people kind of on the move and being sent into the mission field of our actual life, then like what, what are we called to? Jesus said, love God, love others. Yeah, but like, do I work at Amazon or do I take that other job? Do we stay in Seattle or do we move to Montana? Do I start in this relationship or do I stay? Listen, like bring it back to the beginning. Love God and love others. And perhaps that's a rubric for you, a filter to put on when and if you hit these decision points, these inflection points where you're kind of leaning into what God might have next. We are called to love God and love other people. And our life is really meant to be living the purpose of the Christ within me that's spilling out to be good news. Galatians 5, 13, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Serve one another humbly in love. <sighs> like that could be a tattoo for my forearm for the season ahead. Serve one another humbly in love. Christ is within me. And if I live into that calling, uh, into that place, then I'm just reminded that I am called. I'm called. I'm called to not just have biological children for me because I've made that choice, but to, I'm called to be a godly father that prays with my children, that read scripture with my children, that when I fail my children, I confess and ask their apology that seeks to see Christ formed. Like I'm called and you're called. This isn't just for ministry staffers. This isn't just for the two of you that are thinking about missions across the world. You're called, every one of you. Not just for the volunteers that served at Community Breakfast on Aurora over many years, serving people, experiencing homelessness. No, no, I love those people. Thank you for all 
that serve community breakfast on Aurora at the junction. As we wind down that ministry, because a new ministry will flourish at Black Coffee, we will turn our eyes to being a blessing out of our new ministry spaces. But I would just want to honor those of you that served in the past. Like, that's awesome. And every one of you listening to this message, you're called. Like, that's the essentials of the gospel, helping others discover their calling. And if you really read the four books of the Bible, we call the Gospels, which are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You really study the incarnation of God, who is Jesus Christ. If you examine every action, every word, each part of the backstory, if you went page by page, if we the context of Jesus' arrival, the significance of his crucifixion, the power of his resurrection, the teaching after resurrection, the ascension to heaven where he waits for us now. If you boiled it all down to a thesis statement, what would it be? What does it all mean? What does it all hang together? What was Jesus really about? I believe the core of our faith is this, love Jesus and love his world. Or as Mark 16 said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Like that great commission is a little different than how we often talk about it in Matthew. In Mark, it's all creation needs to receive the good news. All creation is called to reflect the glory and the goodness and the inbreaking of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which means you're called and I'm called. And every day we have to be anchored into this new calling, this ever-changing. And two years ago, we had no idea about COVID. Five years ago, we had no idea about, you know, some of our social media would be distorted to manipulate people, not into greater intimacy, but greater disunity. Like we, we just, we can't see around the corner what comes next, but we are called not to a, a crystal clear picture of everything God will do, but living into the reality this day, Christ within me, number one, But number two, I am called. We are called. And when you believe you're called, your actions must match your beliefs. Because anyone called can tell others what to do, but the disciple gets to get on their knees and lead out from a place of submission of their will to the Father, serving first, giving first, sacrificing first, saying sorry first. Our faith follows one who gave his life whole, his whole life, in order that we had experienced his whole love. So we want to follow this Jesus. We'll have to submit everything, lay down our pride, lay down our desires, lay down our money, lay down our relationships and say, I am called. So Jesus, will you lead me well in this season? It's very sentimental to me as we're in this kind of new season, as we move away from the junction. And if you didn't hear the uh, kind of state of North kind of update this week, please, we send those often every week. There'll be another one next week. We've got news. Uh, please kind of watch that. But, you know, the long and the short of it is we're leaving Shorewood and moving to the Shoreline Auditorium and then to the Family Faith Center, Jesus Faith Center, Jesus Fun Center. We haven't even titled that building yet, but that's going to be fun when we do it. And we're moving away from the junction. God took us there seven years ago and we participated in it. Now Black Coffee is going to rent the whole space and, and launch this youth center. When I think back on seven years, when I think about uh, people living into their calling, man, it's like a slideshow. I can look back seven years from a, a strip club to a ministry space. Easter seven years ago, ah, we gathered with about 20 and, and we prayed in that space, the carpet smelled like smoke and urine and other stuff. And there was mirrors everywhere. And our baby was rolling around on the carpet. And it was just like, oh, it was horrible. It was like, but it was beautiful because it was messy. 
And we felt called to transform that space. And then we sang Amazing Grace and we sang the doxology, just the people of God saying, we have no idea what to do here, God, but you've told us what to do next. Then we smashed the mirrors. We wrote prayers on the studs of the walls. We, we had our first annual meeting in that space with drywall dust and plastic around. And we said, God, can you do something in this space? And it's been difficult, but people have served breakfast. We've done coat drives and Thanksgiving breakfast and Bible studies and church services in the parking lot and even a foot washing station. I think you've heard me talk about that. Now, as we handed over to Black Coffee with their plans to start a youth center in the North office, Man, it's been difficult and beautiful and lives have been changed and other lives have not been changed. And that's been difficult, seeing people trapped in addiction. But serving the most marginalized on Aurora over the last seven years has been beautiful. Church, we are called and a new mission is emerging, making church matter to our kids again, loving Jesus through loving others. This is the mission. And I dare say it's never been more important than this moment. Come and join us in helping make church matter again. You matter and you're called. We want you to experience Christ within you and we want you to know that you're called. And then finally, we wanna go. We wanna go together. Like, let's go. Let's go. Like Mark 16, I just said, go, in, go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. What does that mean? Well, it means something different for me probably than you, because particularly for me, it's like, oh, preach the gospel. All right. But you're different than I am. You're, you're not working at the church. You're, you're at home with the kids. You're between jobs right now. You're going to an office. You're working remote or hybrid. Man, it's, it's never been more difficult probably for you to really know how to go into your life. But as I said at the front, that we celebrate what God's doing around the world, like we have to go here and now. We must. If we have a value to bless the world, and I can write a check to you know, an organization across the world, but if my lifestyle here is not one seeking to be a blessing, seeking to be kind, seeking to, to practice acts of mercy, then I really run the risk in the, in the eyes of the watching world around me uh, of being inconsistent. I've said this to you several times in the last six months. It's, it's emerging as a core theme. The world is watching you. If you're in Christ and Christ is within you and you're called and you're trying to go into your life, there are people around you who are watching you. This is what a Christian does. This is how a Christian acts. I don't say that as a place of guilt. I say that as an opportunity and encouragement. Now, all of us want to live a life of meaning and purpose. I said it several times, even today. The church has never mattered more than now. Your faith has never mattered more than now. And, and the, the life that I'm inviting you isn't something that you can't see yet. It's this afternoon and tomorrow morning and Wednesday at three o'clock and Saturday evening. It's the actual life to which Jesus is inviting you to participate, to go onto a mission of purpose that's emerging right now in our city. I did this hike uh, a week ago. I needed some time with the Lord, Mount Pilchuck. There's a fire tower. I'm really into those right now. And I got up there. It was a little more difficult than I anticipated. It was incredibly beautiful. And I met two young men up there, um, missionaries with the Mormon church. They had their name tags that kind of denoted that their, their, um, their status with the church and their affiliation and 
Um, I was up there kind of to be alone. I made some coffee in the fire tower and brought my journal. But um, I started to ask these two young guys, where'd you come from? They're here on their mission. And they come from other parts of the United States. And then I asked them, I said, it seems like your church does a really good job of sending people on a mission. What is it that motivates your mission so well? That, and one of these guys said, he said, every one of us knows we have to go. And every one of us is in the word, studying the word of God. Thought that was interesting. Now, I'm not asking our church to convert to Mormonism, but I was inspired by a couple of young guys living their values, trying to, you know, trying to follow how they read their scriptures. What does it mean for us? It means that every one of us is called to go. Jesus said this in John 16, he said, unless I go, the advocate will not come. But if I go, I'll send him to you, the spirit. Christ is within me. We've already declared that truth. That's the spirit of God that's in us. Every one of us is called. So we're moving into this place of going into our actual life with presence and a mission. And I think this thing of John 16 is encouraging to me where Jesus says, unless I go, the advocate will not come. There will often be uncomfortable spaces where we can't quite tell where we're at with Jesus or what comes next. Or maybe we've been promised that the spirit of God is in us, but God might feel distant. It might feel mysterious to us oftentimes, but faith will be uncomfortable. The going and the staying, the waiting, the longing, there's a part of it that is designed to be that way. Because we hunger for more of Jesus, we're more open for his spirit to be revealed in us. And so we go in order to experience more of God. We go in order to put our faith in action. And it doesn't matter if you feel called or not, all of us, like I mentioned, are called. It's not a time to hunker down and just wait out until a new vision emerges. It's a time to go and to be bold and to live a life of purpose and courage, and to believe that God's got a wild future in store for us as a church, for you as his people, living a life of boldness and faith and justice and courage. And it is scary when we step out. It is. It's absolutely when we step into our life on mission, we step into new places. In many ways, it's like Israel entering the promised land for the first time. it's, It's mysterious. Remember what God said to the Jewish people. He said, do not be afraid. Do not be anxious. Why? Because I'll be with you. God said it to the people of Israel, I'm with you. Jesus said, if I go, I'll be with you. Paul writes in Colossians, it's a mystery. The mystery is great, but God is in you. You're called. So let's go. And the two things that I want to particularly kind of invite you to before we close in prayer is this. First of all, would you consider joining us on a mission to help make church matter again, because we really welcome your participation. There are teams forming around uh, the, the Shoreline Auditorium that is, happens today for the first Sunday and over the next couple of months. We would love you to come and just stand on the street or to serve coffee safely outside the building or to join one of our other teams. Join us. There'll be a code on the screen you can text if you want to join one of those teams. And also, as I mentioned, when we move to the Family Fund Center, there's going to be a chance for you to join the team, both in making the space ready, but helping us engineer it in such a way that our non-believing friends and neighbors would be welcomed in. God is on the mission in this church. Will you join us? And secondly, and just really practically as we wrap up, would you consider 
going on a mission of kindness into your daily life. I've been convicted and encouraged that, again, we don't have to go across the world. We're going into our actual life. The world is watching you. So be kind. Be kind. And when you're kind with the people in your home, when you're kind with people that you can interact with at the kid's bus stop or in the office pool or in your hybrid Zoom meeting, when you practice kindness, people are watching you. And I honestly am convicted and encouraged that your kindness can be an on-ramp to more of God's presence in people's lives. I mentioned this story a few weeks ago, but just to add a bit more detail, recently one of our neighbors reached out that went through a tragedy this summer, and they're open to God in new ways. And I got a call just a couple of weeks ago, and they said, hey, would you, would you marry uh, would you marry us? We've been living together. We want to get married. And, and we'd love Heather to be there too. Would you and Heather, would you be there? It was a small little family wedding in the backyard. And we talked more with her, planning the wedding service. I walked over and sat in her backyard. She said, you know, when we've been through hard times, you've shown us a lot of kindness. And we don't know exactly how God works, but over the summer when we went through our tragedy, we prayed and sensed that God is up to something. Friends, kindness can be an on-ramp to God do really massive things in the lives of people. You don't have to change the world overnight. Just practice kindness and consider inviting or consider joining us as we kind of lean into as a church of like, we have a purpose and a mission for all of our lives to be on a mission. Bethany North, you have the spirit of God in you. You are called. Let's go. So what I'm going to do right now as the band begins to play, as we go into this final set, we're going to just do a kind of a prayer practice that I invite you right now, if you would just kind of close your eyes and the music will start to play here. We're going to just pray this prayer. We've been doing some breath prayers during this season. And we're going to just pray this phrase, Christ is within me, I am called. Christ is within me, I am called. So Jesus, as we close out this message, we're just gonna spend some moments praying with you. We're gonna say this over and over, Jesus, and we just pray that you would meet us in this space. Christ is within me. I am called. Deep breath in, breathe out. Christ is within me. I am called. Christ is within me. Christ is within me. I am called. Be quiet for a little bit. I invite you to continue that prayer on your own. Christ, you are within us. We are called. Jesus, let's go. Thank you for the work of this church. We ask you bless and multiply it into the lives of our community to see people far from you brought in a new relationship. And Jesus, send us on a mission of kindness into the day and the week ahead of us that through our kindness, we would testify where people experiencing your presence. We know we're called. We want to enter our life with the spirit of going. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's close and worship together.